1: Welcome to the market report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 4th of October 2021. Well, spectacularly wrong on the feed wheat price. I said that I didn't think anyone would particularly want to own Nov Wheat Futures at 194, and the market currently is bid 202. So it's a nice £8, oops, got that wrong moment, which is, yeah, I don't suppose anyone's particularly delighted if they listen to that, but I'm certainly not very delighted with my view that I had. This is obviously being driven from outside this country. In my view, we are cheap in the world, but yeah it's pretty steamy stuff 202 on the futures and that means 200 x farm for probably march something like that yeah it's jumping around a fair bit it may well go up another three quid or down three who knows i'm just a grain trader and i'll guess and if i get lucky i'll pretend i knew what i was doing anyway so feed wheat's on fire and everything else goes with it, so feed barley there are people with feed barley boats to fill who are having to pay lots of money for it, and they are bidding an awfully large amount of money for it. So we understand one eighty six delivered is available to farmers to ports, which is the merchants are paying that direct to the farmers but not bidding in the trade, which is fair enough. yep, they need to fill the boats and It's a very firm market, very much in the farmers' hands as to whether they can be bothered to sell it or not. The very, very biggest issue of all has been or is the fuel crisis stroke the haulage crisis. I mean, we had seed delivered out to our farmers out this way and the guy who bought his lorry flat-sided down from... Lincolnshire on the way home ran out of fuel because he could not get any diesel to keep his lorry going so the next day's deliveries for that lorry were off the pitch until he could get his lorry sorted out it is an unbelievable situation for a modern country I understand Europe isn't in this position so it is the dynamic of the UK only which is a shortage of drivers which is just nothing to do with Brexit okay and we are in a position where It changes the dynamic of what we can and what we can't do. We've got commitment to our customers to deliver stuff, and we're finding it very hard to get enough lorries to do that. The sugar wheat season's about to start. It's a muddle. It's a proper muddle. So farmers with lorries are going to be very popular people. It's certainly something that focuses the mind on how much haulage rates are. Anyway, with that cheerful kind of background, unexpected extra money, and more importantly extra stress because you can't get fixings covered type moment you have to throw that into the mix with what happens next strategically selling your grain for a contractual month making sure you move the cheap contracts in case people try and play some sort of game with you and you can't find the lorries you're in trouble so this is quite a difficult moment and hopefully you have a relationship with your farmers which is understanding and fair Cuts both ways. At this moment, every contract we've got, X farm is lower than the spot price because contract price is at contract high. Yeah, let's hope, uh, let's hope our farmers like us, hey? Yeah, there's a wish. What else can we talk about? Aussie rape. The extreme conservative Ian Webster said 510. I just think if you probably offered it at 520, hundred and would probably pay it. So, you know... Pff- if you have some rape to sell or you generally feel like getting some cash in for that, then phone him up and he'll give you a price specifically on the call. It is a bullish market. It's jumping around a lot on the futures. It got to contract high two days ago. It's coming off from that following the USDA stock figures, but underlyingly still a very bullish market in excess of £500 a tonne. Malting barley... I still don't think the molsters have quite accepted just how variable the quality of the crop is. The more tonnage they kick out at the moment with fee barley trading at 180, I think there's going to be less and less malting barley available. Certainly I'm reluctant to sell any more at the moment. If rejections occur, there's a nice viable alternative I can lose it to and who the hell's going to commit to tying a lorry up to get kicked into Dutch because someone hasn't actually addressed the issue of what the crop looks like. I think tonnage that's being turned away today will be gratefully received in January, let's put it that way, because the crop is not going to get any prettier, and uh, it is what it is. And in the meantime, you know, there's a number of people with boats going out the country quite happily exporting the surplus. So I, I'm malting barley buyers. For the molsters, you need to have a word with your intake. Other than that, it's been a unbelievably stressful irritating nasty week of people being disappointed with movements or moisture claims or you name it everybody's moaning about it so let's hope next week is a bit sunnier and tonight we have the Aylesham Grain 40th anniversary party and luckily there's four barrels of beer and bluntly I think we're going to hit it fairly hard because when we finish work tonight shortly after as the party starts so uh, yeah happy birthday Aylesham Grain thank you Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours.
0: If ever there was a time to own Central Grain Store Tonnage, it's now. Yeah Grain at Cantley takes the worries and stresses of grain drying and storage away. Members of the store can harvest without delay and can bring their produce in the day it comes off the combine, all with discounted drying and servicing charges. Call seven double zero double four seven or O one two six three seven three one double five zero for details. Yeah, grain, providing the grain handling you need. If your farm is looking to diversify, the first step is having the right website and logo. We are East Coast Design Studio, and we're experts at creating websites that don't just look good but get great results. Don't send your money to London. We're from Norwich, so keep it local. Call 01603. Seven two eight nine seven eight, or visit us online at www.eastcoastdesignstudio.co.uk.
1: This morning I have decided to cheer myself up. I've been told that my recent podcasts have been grumpy and miserable, so I thought, what shall I do? And I thought, I know, I'll go and see one of my bestest and oldest buddies who's been trading with me since 1942, Patrick Allen from Hickling. So, Patrick, good morning.
2: Good morning, Andrew.
1: Now, can you tell me what you were doing first thing this morning in the very wet grass?
2: I was cutting the
1: grass. Right, and that would be because you cut the grass in the rain, yeah.
2: No, I do at the same time every
1: week. Oh, right. So there's no weather-dependent issue on that?
2: It has to happen.
1: Did you realise everybody else kind of waits for the weather to be right to cut the grass. It's like you don't care, do you?
2: Not really. No.
1: The stuff like that is what makes me cheerful whenever I talk to Patrick. So, Patrick, Hickling, I mean, we're very close to the North Sea here, aren't we? Yes. And the first question I always run on about is uh, the sea coming over the wall. Will it come and get you when the flood comes? Eventually through Haysborough, apparently, not through Sea Pauling. OK.
2: There's a low that runs from Haysborough yeah. through Lessingham yeah. and then Ingham to here.
1: OK, because the last time it came through Sea Pauling, it didn't make it to you, did it? No, it didn't. Because there's some high ground in between the two? Yes. Whereas the bit from where they're letting the basically the cliff wash into the sea, when that's breached, there's no high ground in between there and here, is that? It? No, there isn't. And it also come up the rivers. <coughs>
2: It would flood from up the rivers.
1: Yeah, so if anyone in the... uh, Obviously, the government don't listen to my podcast. They wouldn't make the mistakes they're making. But if anyone's listening, it would be good to protect the cliffs at Hayesborough for lots more reason than just the village of Hayesborough, wouldn't it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, I mean, I'm sorry to start in that place, but we're not expecting a flood this week, are we? So in this area, it isn't very high above sea level. And if you listen to the global warming experts, it's kind of like... How many metres is it going up in the next 100 years? 20 metres. It's definitely going under, isn't it? Yeah, there is a
2: benchmark on one of the walls here, and I think it's a metre mm-hmm. above. But we mustn't forget that Braden was once a big estuary. Yeah. So it's been changing for thousands, ice age at least, forever.
1: Yeah, yeah it's about water levels, isn't it? Yeah. Global yeah. warming, too much ice melt, a bit grumpy on me. So it shouldn't happen in the time you're farming, should it, is the point, because you've been doing it long enough now to kind of not have 100 years ahead of you. Sorry to say, you're a bit old, but <laughs> well, I do have a son who's interested, but I
2: only rent the farm anyway, so it, you live with it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean he could have a seaside resort sort of job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, as a tenant farmer, you know, is life farming? Is it profitable? You hear a lot about how people can't make money and we have to have so many acres and have to do this, that and the other. How do you manage to keep above water? How does it work with you?
2: Well, as you once said to me, you have a life and not a living, and I do have other ways that I earn.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you have a life, but there comes a point in time when it implodes on you, the farming, mm-hmm. and you just have to get away.
1: So you to see somebody different to the farming community, is that what you mean? To escape?
2: Yeah, mentally more than physically, because if you escape physically, you spend all the time looking over hedges
1: <laughs> trying to see what farmers are doing. So how do you do it? Is it just, you know, so you put some earplugs plugs in and listen to loud music or...?
2: No, I just like learning new skills. I'm into turning wood on lathes at the moment ah. and making things like that.
1: How many lathes have you got? Two ah. in wood. Do you aspire to have... I don't understand. My brother works with wood. He was a boat builder, my brother. I never got it. It was like a skill. I've two left hands and all thumbs, and it's like, can't do it. But I know a little bit about lathes. My neighbour died, and his son is also living locally, and he's showed me the lathes and all the woodworkings. It's like an Aladdin's cave of goodies. Anyone who's into wood would probably thoroughly enjoy a trip around their shed. I'll sort that out, but yes. yeah. So you just go and think, right, well, I'm going to make a chair leg or something.
2: Well, yes. I'm hopeless at making plans, so I start off turning a bit of wood and see what happens. Okay. So. Yeah, it can be anything.
1: Okay. And what else do you do? Because I, I know that from previous years, I remember Saturday mornings bumping into you at the Red Rooster Coffee B52 Love Shack in the marketplace in Norwich. Yes, hopefully tomorrow morning.
2: But he has, because of COVID, it's now caged in. Yeah, no, it's down, had,
1: I went there last week. It's yeah, size, isn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah. But he also has a shot where I shall be tomorrow morning in St. Andrews, yeah. near the Wildman.
1: And that's you going to Norwich to just mix with people? Try, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny and you just like a a ritual but you know you're there and you're kind of yeah very deliberately not in anywhere to do with agriculture we've had this conversation so many times haven't we but definitely not
2: definitely not yeah
1: yeah so you know a harvest like this one has been I'm going to slip into grumpiness now has been kind of a long enduring not quite right weather condition time isn't it yep and how do you keep your cheerfulness up in that because I'm struggling so your job's to lift me now Come. on
2: How do you do it? I don't know, Andrew. It's borderline.
1: It is borderline. We've moved more stuff from you than usual because it was damp. You've still got a bit on the farm, I think. No, it's all gone. Has it? Yep. Yeah, well, probably a good thing. All gone.
0: Yeah,
2: I think so. I don't want to be storing the stuff wet. New shed is clear so it can't get infected by insects that are going to come into the place, so...
1: Bugs exist, you know. I'm going to put this one out there for people. who People assume that a bug in a grain store, the grain store is the problem and it keeps the bugs in there. Once the grain is gone, there's nothing for them to live on and they don't. They don't sit there waiting for grain. They live everywhere, in every tree, in every ditch. What they find when they find a nice little grain store is an ideal place for them to do what they do and breed. But they are all over the place. And there's a guy from Dealey's who does our fumigation who did a really good video that was in conjunction with AHDB. And he said he went camping, I think it was, in Thetford Forest. And he found, while he was there, a foreign grain beetle under a piece of bark near his tent. And he did some satellite research about what the nearest grain store. One was six miles away and one was eight miles away. The point being, everyone assumes it's like, oh, that store's got bugs. It's not. Those things exist. It's the environment. Yes. So, you know... When people say you're passing bugs on to other places, more often than not, that isn't the case. They're already there in an environment where they can thrive. Yeah, but there's bugs and there's bugs, isn't there? Well, the grain, grain beet- mite, yeah,
2: class as a bug, and yeah. that will be on the corn out in the field, I think.
1: Yeah, there's some that are, you know, foreign grain beetle, weevil. Those ones are very specifically, you know, damaging to corn, and they don't really want them in the big silos just before they go into a mm. milling process or a malting process, but. The reality is that those places, especially maltings, it's the ideal environment. There's moisture, you know, it's yep. one of those things. Yep. So this year, everything's gone. Have you got stuff in the ground? Are you, like, up and gone, ready for next year? Or we're we're just about ready. We've
2: just spread lots of lime mm-hmm. on the fields. I do about a third of the farm every year with lime, but grown sugar beet and barley. I think it helps with the barley. And then the local atmosphere, the sea air... Mm-hmm.
1: of this area grows some of the best malting barley i think well i have raved about your malting barley on my podcast in the past haven't i you have and it's true every single year you know i can guarantee if any flyber knights want to come and try and trade with patrick you've got no hope in hell he's a, he's <laughs> deal with us. so i can brag about this his stuff is consistently 1.3 1.4 nitrogen and just i don't know i don't know how you do it it's just amazingly bold clean nice looking barley no matter what you try to do to it Yes, a bit of skinning this year. Yeah. In the springs,
2: yeah. winters were good, but the yield was good.
1: Yeah, that's the best
2: crop, wasn't it? Oh, Yes, I would have thought so. I, yes, I haven't done the sums, but yeah, I think so. And not done the
1: sums. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, this next year, are you going to change? Now nitrogen's going to cost you your shirt and, you know, the family car? Not at all. No? So you're going to be winter barley? Yep. What variety have you got? Craft. And spring barley? Yes. And which variety? I guess Diablo. Yeah. And wheat, what are you can do on wheat?
2: Yeah, it's there to go in. Gleam, I guess, is Gleam it? Gleam is the majority, mm-hmm. and another will have to be had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And
1: sugar beet and some potatoes. And sugar beet will continue. I mean, they've just raised the sugar beet price, haven't they, this uh, last week? On the same day that nitrogen prices were announced to go through the roof. It's funny, yes, that, isn't it? Yes, yes. Do you yes. think there's a little bit of like, oh, we're such good negotiators on the farm side that they didn't spot the nitrogen price going up at the same moment? I'm <laughs> such a cynic on that. Well, we're liquid nitrogen no, we, here anyway. So oh, good, there's been no problem with that, is there? But it the, will go up. <laughs> opportunity makes the thing, is that what you, mean? <laughs> you don't think it'll become discount because you've you know, had such an easy vibe with it and it's just the gas or the you know those boys who've got the trouble? No, it will go up yeah <laughs> anyway so things stay the same what's your tactic in terms of because you know you've got a very set way of doing things you kind of do what you feel like you know if you get the urge to sell something you sell it don't you and generally you don't sell forward you have done sometimes each year we kind of persuaded you sometimes like, i have sold forward usually by a year yeah. on wheat have you done anything for next year yet no would you think is a good idea i will have to get a price and see i can tell you a price november's about 100 it's getting close to 180 yet two loads well i don't think you should yet this is real life happening negotiation the issue is nitrogen prices going up but the whole inflation for everything around the world is just zooming upwards and i can't see there being much selling everyone's in this mode to own commodities or own some sort of safety mechanism for their money
2: Everything is putting money into any second-hand cars, classic oh. cars. Well, you can't get a new car for a year, can you? It's no. all sold. everything is up in the air. Yeah. You just wait for something to come down and... It won't. Tax prices have to, don't they?
1: I mean, this I is, know. Oh, it's got to a point where, well, they've got to start bringing some form of real tax on that. I mean, there's a generation, probably my parents' generation and the one just kind of after that, who... Whatever they did, if they bought a house and sat on their hands, they're incredibly wealthy. Yeah. That isn't going to happen again, I don't think, is it? Too much for too few people in the end. You know, it's got to an imbalance now. The taxation's on other people, not on people who own houses. Well, I think, was it Mark Twain who said,
2: buy land they stop making it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's... Keep owning stuff. Buying land. Well, land is a good thing to own, isn't it? Yeah. Historically, whatever happens has some dips, but largely, it yeah. just goes up and up and up now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's
2: the quick buck that's hard to make. I think if you
1: invest in land or whatever, you can't jump in and jump out of things. Well, the stories are the people that do do that and make lots of money, isn't it? I mean, farming is not that way, is it? Not at all. You know, and in some years, bluntly, it's not going to be profitable, is it? There's been years when it's just been a loss. You know, you go back when people had pigs... Yeah, it'll get better. It cyclically gets better. And it just didn't, did it? No. And I think the same, I guess, will happen in agriculture until strategically the government sees some sort of food plan because it doesn't seem to be one, does it? Well,
2: we continued with a food plan too long after the war, I suppose. When everything was subsidised, we should have come out of it in the 50s. People would have realised the
1: value of food. Yeah, I mean, the 60s was a particularly bad time for farmers in terms of income, wasn't it? Before we got into Europe, prices were pretty grim and land prices were rubbish and it really was a, yeah. an occupation, not much of a living. And then obviously since we went into Europe in 73, it's been really a bonanza, is not it? But these come yeah. and go we want to get away from subsidies
2: and the like people will have to pay the price of what food costs
1: well and then
2: will we import it all
1: that takes more than one year doesn't it oh, I mean, yes. in a place where food's short at the moment through other issues like gas not being able to you know pack seal the ham to keep it fresh etc there's a few troubles but you know trade deals with australia is that the way around it? If government's going to undermine you by having lower standards, where does that British agriculture stand and what chance have we got? That's my problem. They're kind of short-termist yeah. deals, aren't they? So you could have a decade of making people go broke or something or making mm. them grow flowers <coughs> instead. I mean, are you thinking about doing that, you know, going down the old, I'll just put flowers in and...
2: But hasn't that happened to every other English industry, yeah. the car industry? Yeah.
1: Didn't we get Volkswagen started again after the war? Yeah, that's handy for the old Deutschland. And the Japanese, and that seems to be the way of it. You know, obviously mining in the UK is gone, and all of these other industries have suffered, but farming since 1973 has relatively been good, with a few blips in the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, 90% of it would be the weather affected, wouldn't it? In some part
2: of the world, we'll be creating a shortage...
1: I mean, I can remember when wheat was £60 a tonne, and that was a pretty grim time. When there was other subsidy coming into the farm, but that really was a time when there was no income and things looked pretty grim then. Yeah. We haven't seen it bad since then. It's been an ever upward moving cycle. And the weather does obviously impact. Last year's harvest was a tough harvest. Not this one. We're in. Sorry, the twenty twenty yeah, yeah, yeah. harvest, and there's definitely been a lack of income or loss on some farms. This year should redress the balance with you know the level of prices and at the moment subsidy. Just the subsidy's beginning to slide off the edge of the cliff, isn't it? Shortly. Yes. And it's then you know to make a decision: do I keep bothering with this, or shall I just go for the subsidy and plant some cornflowers and paint pictures of them or something? Well, I'm prepared to go either way on that. Hmm. I hate subsidies and I hate being involved in it. So you'd rather grow perfect malting barley, wouldn't you? Yes. What would be the ideal price to grow perfect malting barley if there wasn't a subsidy? £350 a ton? That's the price that Otter is at, and that's supposed to be a said, perfect milk That's melt 250 malt. isn't it? 230 I thought, this oh, year. Right. Yeah. I said 350. £350. Oh, I thought you said 250 No, imagine 350 Well, yeah, let's start high. Well, and every ton really would count, wouldn't it? And then yeah. if your nitrogen was not right, it would be like, oh. It really would be a meaningful <laughs> moment getting rejected. <laughs> this year, if you get rejected, you end up with like £170 done for feed barley anyway. So. I know. This is a vintage year. The only problem is the troubles that are going on with spring barley at the moment. You know, the crop was weathered, as you mentioned. And uh, I don't think the molsters yet quite realised how bad it is. They're still rejecting stuff, or some of them are which I think in January they'll be glad to see. Okay. Yeah, and there's boats that you can shove the stuff on, which has a fallback on germination, which is a far easier life and as good, if not better money. So it's kind of very tempting to shove it all out on boats at the moment. Malting barley on boats. Where's it going? Europe. Yeah, Yeah, Denmark. no, Denmark's still surplus marley, but Germany, sort of Benelux countries, that weather, the floods in Germany and the French crop had too much rain on the yes. wheat and the barley. So, you know, there is a very tight book on malting barley around the world. For Canada's had a disaster as well. Yes. So they always get, you know, that goes to China or that goes into other markets. That's not there to go. So possibly Australia will come along with a bit of supply, but it's largely pretty steamy stuff at the moment. Okay. Which is, you know, bodes well. So looking ahead... When is the son going to come in and say, right, you know, Dad, you can cut the grass all day long now. I'm going to take over, or what's happening with you on that one? Um, It's up
2: to him. I mean, he has his own business, Mm -hmm. so we'll just have to see. I would like to retire, Mm -hmm. but then I get contractors in to do most of the work, so I'm semi there anyway. Mm. So we'll just have to see how it pans out. I wouldn't want him to take the farm out of duty, he has to want to do it.
1: Well, with you, because you worked at Bussies, didn't you? You're a mechanic. No, Robinsons. Sorry, you worked at Robinsons. You were a mechanic. Right? I did an apprenticeship there, yes. Yeah, and with the benefit of hindsight, if you had your life again, would you stick with that all the way through, or would you have come back and done what you've done? Is the life on a farm, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly?
2: I, if it had stayed how it was, the madness and the industry, I would have stayed there, but every industry has changed. You know, it's just a question of diagnosing now, I guess. Plugging it into a computer and... Well, you can't mend them, can you? You you can't mend them. No. No, they will become disposable. Well, same as everything else. Yes, exactly. Whereas we took them the bits and it was a crazy industry. Brilliant industry. Especially where I was. Yeah, well, there's just a
1: load of Norwich boys taking the mickey out of each other. Exactly. And the (laughs) long wait and other such stories. Exactly. Did you ever get caught on one of them? Oh, no end.
2: And caught others. Give us your (laughs) favourite. Oh, I don't know. Oh, so yeah, being sent to the
1: stores for a set of points gaps or spark plug gaps. Right. So you went to the stores and you went, I'd like some spark plug gaps, Gaps, please. And they went,
2: Well, they just leave you standing there, wouldn't they? They're as wise as the guy who sent (laughs) you.
1: Did you think that, that would damage someone's mental health nowadays, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, They'd you'd have, have to have. Yeah, yeah, The HR yeah. department would sack you for cruelty to... Yeah, but we had a mad boss as well. I okay. Mean, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, when they put the new building up in Higham Street, he measured a door, and it was at the time we were changing from metric, imperial, to metric. And yeah. he measured this door, and his writing was such a scrawl that he wrote down what he thought was inches, and he actually wrote millimetres... Right. and gave it to the carpenter to make this little entry door for us to go in and out of. And the carpenter made it as a cat flap <laughs> when he needed a full-size door <laughs> that would have fitted in a full-size door, but that was a cat flap. <laughs> yeah, The
1: yeah, stuff like that is yeah, priceless, isn't it? Priceless yeah. memories. And with lots of people working in an environment like that, it's, that's the good bit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah that's the bit that yeah. farmers don't get. Lots of solitude on a farm, whereas, you know...
2: Well, growing up, there were five men here because we had cattle. Yeah. And that's where I learned the trade of madness, the wind-up and all that. Yeah, it was forever going on, like tying a pillow share at the guy's bike before he rode home. You know, and suddenly... The- <laughs> <laughs> you were going to get very far with that, was it? <laughs> Uh, it just went on and on and
1: I tell you what, we're going to continue our conversation into another week. I'm just going to say one final question. This is Harvest 21 conversation because there's something I really want to talk to you about, as you know, which is just when we first started trading with each other and a certain Mister Alan Weimer, which we have got to come up with, but and some other reminiscings. So we have a reminiscing podcast, which I'm really looking forward to. But so, sum up Harvest 2021. Where in the scale of uh, happiness or misery is it? We'll call it bottom three, shall we?
2: Well, we've been here before, Andrew. Mm. We have been here before, and we've been blessed with three or four harvests previously where anything went honky-dory. So, you live with it. In
1: the end, your molten barley on both the winter and the spring both passed the test. Yeah. And the spring barley in particular yielded very well, didn't it? Yeah. And the wheat yielded well, but everything was wet. So there's been yeah, horrific drying. Specific waste were down as well. Which I think yeah. they would have been yeah. had
2: they not been wet as well.
1: Yeah. It's well, the the reality is it's actually been commercially a reasonable harvest. Yes, drying charges are gonna make the stores better off. They deserve a good year. I've been talking that one up. But otherwise it's just been Can you move it? It's going off in my shed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've been very fortunate with that. Yeah. Brilliant Haulier. Yeah. Who was your Haulier? Tommy Tom Date. He didn't like being called Tommy. No, I Thomas Davidson. I in my head. <laughs> Tom Davidson. Yeah, indeed. Well, you know, they are Tommy. There's a, even Thomas. There is a plug. <laughs> so we're going to sign off here. There's, there's Harvest 2021. We're both glad it's sort of over, but it isn't for us because we're still moving the damn stuff. But, you know, it's been largely okay, isn't it? We're all right. I didn't think you were going to bring the subject up here what? of Harvest 21. Yeah, no, it had to be done. <laughs> had to get that out of the way. So that was it. Harvest 21. We're through it. Right, on to the next. So with that, for this week's conversation, Patrick, thank you very much. Thank, thank, you. thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.